I would rather have you be completely yourself in your emails and people just walk away saying that's not my style. But the people who that is your style, like two things happen. You get to be in your zone and not pretending to be someone you're not. And they get to see the full real you. Hey everyone, I'm Emily Reagan, and you've discovered Unicorns Unite. This is a podcast for freelancers, service providers, virtual assistants, and curious listeners who would like to experience the freedom and flexibility of working virtually. We're the magic makers, movers and shakers, and the real people doing the work behind the scenes of online businesses. Welcome to Unicorns Unite. Hey, welcome back to the show. I'm so glad to have you here. We're continuing with our freelancer interview series over the summer. I'm broadcasting from my new office in Richmond, Virginia. The office is still a little bit of a wreck, but at least I have a desk, curtains, a rug. I'm making some progress. It's still summer, kind of holding on until the kids back to school. I hope you're doing well and enjoying your summer as well. Uh, For some of you, your kids have already gone back a little bit jealous, but I have a couple more weeks left, so I don't know what to say, but I have a couple more weeks left with the children. All right, so today's interview is a really good one. This might be one of my favorite. Allie Grummert is an email marketing strategist and conversion copywriter. She is sharing really, really big golden nuggets for you on the show today. She is a unicorn in herself because she helps with the email marketing and the copywriting, and she does implementation. She helps her clients set up their ESP, their email service provider. She helps build the lead magnets and helps with the advanced tagging, the sequences, and that implementation tech part of email. So she's offering a combination of services, which I love because so many business owners aren't at a place where they can hire 15 different specialists. So Allie can bring her skill set of writing and understanding the tech part of email in one done-for-you package. In this episode, she's going to talk about some of her packages, but we're also going to dive deep into welcome and nurture sequences. And she gives you such good insight into this process. I think it's so important to do this because I built my business setting these up for clients. And if you can understand more sophisticated ways of tagging, nurturing, and helping clients make sales, you're going to be in high demand. You're going to really excel in your business and be booked out. People are going to want to work for you because you get it. You're not just formatting an email and scheduling it. You're getting the bigger picture strategy here. We dive into what should be in those sequences, people to exclude, how to really focus them on one big idea, how to improve your credibility and approachability. And the cool thing is all of this applies to you and your business. Like you should be doing this if you are a freelancer, right? So not only helping your your clients nurture their people, their new email subscribers and grow their list, but also remembering to do it for yourself. And she has some tips on what to do when you're just getting started and there's only four people on your list because we all started there. We all started there. I did. It was painful, but showing up consistently is what grows your email list. And I know this from working with clients. And most of what we're doing behind the scenes is encouraging our clients to get through this dip to like continue showing up. And they need our help on this email portion because they struggle with how to talk about themselves, if they should be talking about themselves, what to say, how to promote something how to do roundups that serve content the right way. There is so much in this episode. You're going to love it. And I encourage you to check out a couple of her freebies. I'll put them in the show notes, but she has one on her advanced tagging. Yes, we talk about tagging nomenclature because we are dorks. We also talk about content ideas. She has a freebie for that. And this is really the backbone of the business. Email marketing is. So I really think you're going to love this. I think you're going to learn so much, whether you're new to this online formula or even if you're already doing some of the copywriting, some of the email setup for your clients, this episode is going to help you out. So without further ado, let's jump into my fellow Nebraska Cornhusker, Allie Grummert. Welcome to our, I call it the anti-podcast because we do like a Facebook live first and then we turn it into a podcast. So welcome. I have Allie Grummert here to talk about email marketing, and I'm so excited to have you here. Uh, I met you a couple years ago at, or well, I guess a year ago, at a copywriting conference, which is like the last one we had before everything changed. That feels like more than a year ago. When you said it, I was like, yeah, two years. I'm like, no, we've just lived the longest year of our life. Yeah, I'm like not 
quite that long. It just feels yeah. like it. Okay. Well, tell everyone where you're from, what you do, and a little bit about your business. And I'm going to be sharing to our Facebook group. Awesome. So like she said, I'm Allie Grummert. I am based out of Lincoln, Nebraska. I am Nebraskan born and raised. I'm an email marketing strategist and conversion copywriter. And my focus is to help online business owners create a killer first impression through welcome and nurture sequences that helps engage readers, build brand loyalty, and in and then optimize conversions for sales and site traffic. So I actually started as a blogger. So a lot oh. of my clients are in the blogging space because I just, I understand it. And yeah, personal finance blogging because I know how to have fun, right? Um, <laughs> my friends are like, let's go get drinks. And I'm like, let's write about budgeting. Uh, <laughs> I wish I was kidding. It's a true story. I'm like I have important things to do this Wednesday night. I need to go write about mint.com. So that's how it started. Yeah, I can kind of fill you in more on that as as much as you'd like, but yeah. So, okay. I had no idea you started off as a blogger <laughs> and I'm not surprised because so many people, we start off with one thing and it shows us where our other talents are and what our passions are. And I love to hear these like pivot stories, but yeah, how, like what's your degree? Like, how did you get into blogging about that? I'm going to guess it's related, but I, you know, surprised me. So actually my degree is in advertising and public relations. Uh, which was in our journalism college. So I also have this kind of like journalistic ethical like piece too that I maintain. Um, Like, and and I also have a degree in history because I'm a nerd. Uh, And like, I'm just like, can I please sit in another lecture? Like I loved it. Um, I took a fifth year to study abroad and get a degree in history too. So it's so funny because in college, everyone was like, those two things don't match up. Cause like one is the Super Bowl, and you're trying to figure out like, where trends are going. And the other is just like reporting on things that have happened. And I'm like, I don't know how God designed my brain, but I like them both and I'm sticking with it. So yeah. So I have a a degree in advertising and then I worked in video production, um, for five or six years after college. And that's where I, um, developed like my project management skills. And that's where I realized I have a great talent in operations. So it was tempting when I started my business to do operations, but email marketing was the thing that like, everyone had questions. And then I actually worked with a friend for a while and she would take on gigs for her agency and be like, I don't know, Allie can figure it out. And she just like, send me all these email marketing things. So it was one of those things where it bubbled to the top and I had to decide between like operations or email marketing. And ops is hard when you're first getting started as a business owner too, because unless you're like serving a really great existing audience, like I'm going to serve video production companies in this way, it's really hard to just get started. Which is funny because I know a guy who does that with video production. Really? But yeah, it is. That's interesting. Um, And they are kind of two different areas, but I see a lot of overlap. So I like that you kind of own your unicorn talents (laughs) there because it is, it's okay to have a mix. Okay. I want to backtrack a little bit and I want, I just want to know where you studied abroad. I studied in London and Emily, I'm not even kidding. It was 10 years ago this fall. It doesn't feel like it should have been that long ago. I'm like, no, I'm still 22. I'm like, no, no, you're not. And I traveled like every weekend. There were maybe two weekends in that whole like four and a half months that I actually stayed in Kingston, which is a borough of London. So I got to go to Paris and Scotland and Ireland and visited family in Germany and friends in Krakow, Poland, like just all over. Oh my gosh. Did you get to just hop on Ryanair and go everywhere? Is that what you were doing? Um, yes. Like Um, nothing. (laughs) Ryanair also, if no one knows when you land, there's like, there's literally a fanfare that happens and everyone claps. Like that's how afraid we should be to be on that flight. We're like, Oh yay. We landed. (laughs) It's just a little sketch. And they have like a weight limit. So I remember one time having like my swimsuit and multiple pairs of underwear. Like it was on my body because my bag was too heavy and I wanted to keep my book. (laughs) It's like, you get 21 kilos. So like layer up like multiple pairs of pants. And so it was a kind of an uncomfortable flight. I get off and I'm like, good to see you friends, but I need to go to the restroom and like take off a few layers. Like just stuffing it in in the pockets. Oh, that just brings me back to my twenties too. Uh, We were stationed overseas Okay. And, um, as young, like newlyweds. And then also, um, my parents were in Belgium when I was in college. <sighs> so I did the, like, I was dead broke, but Ryanair, you could get a flight like for 40 Euro. And, and it's like, you can't yeah. not when you're yeah, there, you have to so. take advantage. So that's fun to think about. Yeah. Oh my goodness. So, okay. So, and then I was thinking about like your journalism background in history. So I too mm-hmm. did journalism mm-hmm. and, I think there's just this love of like gathering knowledge 
Yes. That it really, like the people I meet, they're just, they just have a knack for that. And they, but not quite the teacher type, but in a way, in a little bit. So I can see why history would like come into that fold because you're like learning and sharing. Was there a certain kind of history you liked? Um, I liked British history and like American colonial history. So I grew up like 10 miles from where the Oregon Trail went through. So like, I just grew up with that, like in my backyard, like you can still see ruts from where the wheels went through. And I'm like, oh, this is kind of like, I grew up and went to college. I was like meeting people from other places. I was like, so you have the Boston Tea Party that I have the Oregon Trail. Like, it was just kind of odd to think of everyone with their own different history in different parts of the United States. So, and it's funny. Cause like, I couldn't remember dates for the life of me. And at the end of every test, they're like, why was this significant? Like this event. And every time I'm like, I don't know, like, I just love stories. I'm like, yeah. tell me more about the quirky things. And so I took off last week and I watched two documentaries on where one was Marie Antoinette and the other was Elizabeth the first. I was like, I don't know who else does this on their day off, but I'm just, yeah. Like, <laughs> learn. Oh, I love it. Okay. So fun fact about me. I also grew up in Nebraska. Oh, what? Yeah. Yeah. And I grew up in Omaha and people were like, did you drive a tractor to school? Like, no, (laughs) but I did take a bus over to Iowa and pick the corn tassels. That was my summer. (laughs) I have this mix of having lived in Northern Virginia and Nebraska, like back and forth, back and forth. So I get that like Jamestown colonial thing and I get the Oregon trail. And Mm -hmm. girl, I was living in Nebraska when Neil Patrick Harris filmed my Antonia. And I tried out for the movie as an extra, like my whole family did, but I had braces. <laughs> you can't be in the film with braces. Oh, I bummer. Like, I can be really good at not smiling. Like I could act like a, you know, pioneer girl, but yeah, <laughs> I did not get cast in that movie. So that's like, when you talk about the Oregon child, I'm like, I know this, I know this very I know well. This. I know this. Like my perfect Saturday, usually like if I could go to like a historical reenactment thing and just walk around, like with my fanny pack and sneakers, like I don't need to dress up. I'm just like, look at how, look at them full, like creating rope. What a joy. Like, I just, I don't know why. You need to come visit me and come to James. (laughs) (laughs) I love that stuff. So, and how long did you do tassel? Did you do it one summer? No, I did it a couple summers. Cause that's the only way you could work when you were under what? 15, 16 or 16. Yeah. You got paid nothing. Yeah. I lasted four days. Uh, I have no upper arm strength. Like I have to blow dry my hair in shifts. Like it was not a good fit for me. I was like, oh, I'm so weak. And my dad is somebody who like doesn't let people give up, but he let me, he let me give up. I think he had had enough of my 4.30 in the morning. And then like, (laughs) I was was going to say, what time did he get up? God awful. Mm -hmm. And then you would have to dress for like the uh, dew and the wet and the water. And then the scraping of the corn on your arms. Uh And then the heat. And you got paid like $3. Yep. And you're like covered in a tarp and you're like, this is not how I want to spend my summer. I will just babysit. (laughs) One Walkman. I had a Walkman. (laughs) Anyway. We get like left behind. Yeah. 20 rows ahead of me. So. Me a stronger person. I'm. I call it character building. So much of Nebraska is character building. I'm like winter. Yeah. Yeah. You know, not having lots of entertainment. I'm like, yeah, we just sit on the back porch. That is what we do. And yeah. We're easily pleased. And so. that wind chill, people complain. I'm like, you've not been to Nebraska. <laughs> <laughs> the joke cool. is that if the wind stopped, we'd all fall down. Like that's how windy it is. So, so funny. I still I like, it's still a great place to grow up. I know I'm like, we're kind of making fun of it, but I have a lot of friends still there. Um, maybe one day I'll get back. Yes. So, okay. So let, I wanted to talk about yeah. email marketing with you because we have a lot of virtual assistants and freelancers. And sometimes we find ourselves helping clients write the emails or like guiding them and consulting them. Like I, just today I had, I'm like doing a website for somebody. There's so much scope creep when it comes to email marketing. And I'm like, <laughs> can you just give me a quick email? Like when somebody joins your list, like I just need like a placeholder. And she's like, what do I say? And I'm like, oh my God. So I do this all the time, like tell people what to write, but I'm so like, so much of it is like confidence having been around the block and like just knowing what to Mm -hmm. expect. But like clients like that, at least the clients we're getting, they like to be told what to do a little bit. And even though we're VAs or, you know, digital marketing assistants, we're still (laughs) doing that. So what, like, let's talk about email marketing. Let's do it. What questions do you have? Yeah. Well, okay. So I really wanted to dive into with you about the sequences and the nurture sequences. Mm -hmm. I think that's like your love language. Am I right? Yeah, Yeah, it is. 
which was like, let's just say also, that's just a really interesting place to start a business because there are a lot of people who do a lot of like higher ROI type emails, like launch emails and sales funnels and whatnot. And like, it took me like really putting my feet in the ground and be like, no, this is important. Like people aren't really talking about welcome and nurture sequences and I see the value in it. And so like, let that be known too, as a side thing of like, sometimes the work that you do isn't like an an investment that's going to have a huge return. Right. But there's still an argument for the value of the work that you provide. So that's just, that's for free. (laughs) Uh, All things for free. So yeah. Welcome and nurture sequences. So there's something about, let's see, let's rewind to when I had my personal finance blog, I had written up a three email welcome sequence and I had it running for like a year and a half and I was still getting people's replies to my welcome sequence. And we're talking like, this wasn't just like, Hey, thanks for the email. It was people like replying with their financial story. Like they were like getting financially naked basically. And being like, this is what I'm struggling with. Like, you know, or like my partner and I here and my losing my job here and, you know, and adjusting. And I'm like, you don't know me from Adam. Like I wasn't, there was no Instagram stories back then. We're talking 2016, <laughs> way back. <laughs> um, you know, like there wasn't really any way for them to otherwise get to know me and email was it. Um, yeah. And so just seeing the power of email marketing to be able to show people who you are and what, where your stake is in the ground, like that's part of it. So a welcome sequence is where you're able to say, this is who I am. This is who I serve. This is who I don't serve. This is how I'm going to serve you basically. So, and maybe it's a podcast or like I'm sharing blog posts more regularly over here, like where to connect them. It's like a hub to connect them to all your points. I talked about this previously on a different podcast, but like, yeah, there's not really like, these aren't really conversion focused emails, the welcome sequence. So we kind of have to get over that, but it's just like, can you be really clear about who you are and what you do? And it's so interesting how much that ends up being the first thing I'm talking about with my clients because yeah, like you do all these different programs, but if anyone is coming in from any of these, you know, parts of your website or different opt-ins, they should all have a really clear understanding of who you are. Yeah. And for anyone who doesn't know, um, Allie just said it right, but like when you opt in and submit your email, it usually kicks off some kind of email sequence. Usually there's a freebie involved and it's not just like a one and done. Here's your freebie. Goodbye. Which we see that mistake all of the time. And it's nice to have, you say yours is three emails. How many emails would you say? So my old one was my new one is like six or seven, but it doesn't have to be that long. Most of my clients is anywhere from three to five. So if you're segmenting your list, like if you want them to click, you usually need a segmentation email and then a follow-up. But yeah, so like there's, I would say the first email is basically saying like, hey, if you've landed here and this is what you're struggling with, you're in the right place. Like, you know, or if this is what you're looking for, you're in the right place. And then you build some credibility in the next couple of emails, kind of share your like soapbox, if you will. Like, yeah. this is why this matters. You know, for me, like welcome and nurture sequences matter because you have people coming to your site with questions and you have answers. We just need to connect them and in a way that doesn't you know, as a business owner or a blogger or content creator, you know, all the content that you have, but the people coming to your new site next week have no idea that you have this backload of information. And we need to like present it in a way that's not overwhelming, but in a way that's helpful in a way that builds rapport. And if you have products that connect to that, great. If not, it's also like getting site traffic and building SEO back to your website, you know, from that direct traffic from your email list. So, but there's just so much about like, building relationships with those brand new subscribers that like, it's such a sweet time. And a lot of people have forgotten that or they've just like, I've been building my list for 10 years. I didn't think I didn't, I just never got to it. And it's like, okay, well now that you've got your like niche and you've got it established, let's just like make that really clear and connect it to people. Yeah. That's awesome. I think my students will understand the value because they understand that you are ultimately building your new like trust factor, which is very, Mm -hmm. Like the key industry word, the buzz words are right there. But that welcome sequence can help um, speed it up because what? It takes seven to 20 touches before you buy, usually in a buyer's yeah. journey. So there could be six emails. So like, that's a great head start. Right. And it's it's important to think too, like from a branding perspective, in college, we called it an integrated marketing campaign. And <laughs> IMC, there you have it. I can't believe I still remember that. But <laughs> But that's where like, it's not just like, you can't just run all of your ads on radio. You can't just do billboards. You can't just do television, right? Like it's all integrated. So like 
that's part of it too. Is like email marketing is going to do a lot of the heavy lifting and it has better like conversion rates and whatnot. But like, that doesn't mean that social media is not important, you know, especially if you're getting sales there or engagement there, but directing them back to your email list, which like your audience probably knows, right? Like your email list is like, what's going to stay the same if, and when Instagram changes. Yeah. Right. Or Facebook iOS changes. Right. Or TikTok goes away or the YouTube algorithm changes. It's like, how do you stay in touch with your list? Well, you could literally download a CSV file of your subscribers and just take them to another platform if you needed to. Yeah. And still yeah. connect with them. There's so much I could say about it. <laughs> so what is, okay. I hear these words intermingle. What is, is there a difference between welcome and nurture sequences? Great question. It totally depends on what people say. I separate them because for me, the welcome sequence is something that should be able to stand on its own. And think about like, once they complete the welcome sequence, you get to direct them where they go. Kind of like a a train conductor, like you can kind of switch the lane. So like right now I have a client where like, we have a nurture sequence, but it's really like more of a sales funnel. And it's really promoting this one group program that he has. And so I told him like, if you ever want to switch gears and then promote a course, you could always just direct them to that after the welcome sequence. Or if you segment them out, somebody can go into the sequence after the welcome or into this one. So, but if they're all built into the same, like, sequence in a technical sense, like all 15 emails are right there. It gets harder to like be able to direct people. So I think like having it separated into different sequences, whether it's like a sales funnel or a webinar follow-up or webinar promotion, or just like, yeah, what I consider nurture content too, like you're nurturing by sending them anything, whether it's a live broadcast email or automated, but like I would say like a general nurture sequence is like, you're a food blogger. And so you like have a roundup on entrees and a roundup on desserts or focus on this one popular bread recipe. And that's what you're sending out in emails. Whereas like these other sequences are more tailored towards like a specific goal beyond say. Okay. Okay. I like how you explain that. I've had some clients struggle with understanding that. I'm like, you usually, I like to have one main welcome sequence to keep organized and like at Mm -hmm. some point have everybody go through there. Right. That's the goal. Tagged, which is like the real hard part where people don't get it if they've already gotten it, which I think a lot of people forget. So I I do a lot of quiz funnels for my client work. So we'll have like the nurture sequence for that funnel, but it's geared toward that freebie and that content. So then somebody could get a completely different, you know, opt-in. I hope I'm like wording this right. (laughs) Great. Yeah. A completely different opt-in and get a different series of emails that gets them to engage and consume that content. So I kind of hope you guys can visualize. I love your, your visualization of the train conductor. What do we call that? The roundhouse or. I don't know what it is where they like literally change the track. So like thinking of the train piece where there's like multiple ones, like my favorite Mm -hmm. piece in the wooden train track set. Cause you can just go crazy. (laughs) Right. But yeah, that's kind of how it is. So yeah. Um, but I just had this client who she was just like letting it really confuse her. And I'm like, no, just go through the welcome sequence once. So I like that you can make it apply, make it kind of evergreen, right? Yes. Yeah. And that's where like, this is what really trips up my clients, right? Like saying like, we're really defining the core of your website and your business. And that's what's in the welcome sequence. We're not tailoring it to these different opt-ins because this should be the core of your brand and it shouldn't move around a lot right? Like that's what, that's what live emails are for or launches or what, like newsletters that can be your more timely stuff where maybe you're playing around with different ideas. And then like when they go into the welcome sequence, I exclude anyone who's in the welcome sequence from getting any live broadcasts during that time. So like maybe it's a week, maybe it's two weeks so that they get that full experience. Like think of it, like it's protecting that. Like if you go in too hard, too hot on a first date with a guy you just met, right? Like you're going to be like, whoa, man, like <laughs> I just said hi on Hinge. Like, let's not go crazy. You know, um, it's like, ooh, too much of it. Like we are like, we are taking care of your new subscribers from the very beginning. So they get, yeah, like a properly paced introduction to who you are before they pop into everything else. I love how you said properly paced because I mean, I hear Sue McLaren saying this all the time and he's like launching tribe when we're recording this and then people, the number one pe- reason people quit is because they're quit memberships is because they're overwhelmed. So you don't Mm. want to do that with your sequence either. You need to space it out. So it is consumable, digestible, and then you can get into the other stuff. And if you're, if they're in a welcome sequence and you're trying to like spit out your weekly email at the same time, it's going to be overwhelmed. Right. 
You're like, unmatch, 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 unsubscribe. Yeah. 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 Well, something I think that's helpful too, and this is like, this is big in marketing, but basically like, what is the one big idea? Or like, what is the one thing you want to communicate? Think of that from different levels. Like, what is this whole sequence? What is the goal of this? And what is the, like, what am I trying to communicate in the welcome sequence? So a lot of times in the welcome sequence, it's credibility and like approachability of some sort, right? That's that no like and trust factor. And then like a nurture sequence, for instance, with my client, it's like, we are informing people about this group coaching program and telling them how they can get on the wait list. That is that cool. Whereas like the nurture sequence with all the different recipes, it's like, we want people to go back to the website. And that part of it is like, we want to make sure they, they know about our most popular recipes so that they're like, wowza, I am now going to open every email I get from this gal. So, and then from like a little micro level, each email has like, what is the one thing? Like I have to cut myself off when I write my weekly emails too. It's totally normal to like overshare, but it's like, oh, this could be two emails. So if it's like, you have a really awesome YouTube channel and you have a really awesome podcast, give them each their own email. Like you don't have to like cram it. So a lot of times like in a welcome sequence, I'll have a client where I'll say like, you can get, like, you can subscribe to my YouTube channel follow my podcast and follow me on Instagram. Totally cool to have it like that. But then later on, do like a full expose on like, what is the actual goal of your podcast? What kind of guests do you have? What are the top three podcast episodes everyone should listen to, right? Like then you can dive in a little bit deeper. I think people are worried that they're going to run out of things to say in email. Do you feel like that's common? I do. I think <laughs> that, and then there's this whole issue about knowing how to talk about themselves in a way that's not like the humble brag and builds, you know, credibility like you're talking about. Yeah. It depends on how you want to do it. Like I, I teach through my emails. Like those are the people that got me to where I am are all those people who shared free content on the internet that was super helpful. Like yeah. I have turned down programs from like people that I absolutely adore, but I'm like, but I did everything on your website that was free. And now I have a business and I don't need your course. And I'm so sorry. Like <laughs> I'm part of like the half percent of people who are like, I did it all myself. Like in addition to a full-time job, like bonkers. Right. But those are the people that like, that's who I want to emulate. Like I want to be super generous with the information. So that in itself builds credibility. And I'm just I'm being helpful. I don't have to say like, look at me being helpful. Like I can just share the information and people will associate that with me. And I get people who reply back. They're like, I've saved every one of your emails. And it's always like, and I'm going to go back and do this. And I'm going to go back and do this. Like I'm going to revisit your emails and go implement those things, which like that to me is an honor to hear. But then like other things build credibility too, like encouragement, telling them like, this is possible. But yeah, talking about yourself, is hard, but I would say like, it always needs to be about the reader. Like, it's not about you. It's about how, right. The, mm-hmm. the customer is the hero, right? Like, here's what I can do for you. Here's where I want to see your business go because you have a welcome and nurture sequence that represents you. Like I'm, th- there's different pain points there. And yes, I'm the one doing the service. And yes, I'm the one who helped this other client get good results, but it's not like, I don't know, bro marketing. Look at yeah. me. I mean, that's good advice too. And like remembering it's not about you. I mean, we all need that when we show up in our own businesses all the time, but especially in that email, like how can you make it about them and their journey? So my favorite emails to get, I'm not a huge email reader. I'm going to be honest with you. Busy mom of four. I see a lot and I'm like, I'll come back to this. And then I don't. (laughs) And then my email gets huge. Unread email gets huge. So, but there's one person's email I love and that's Neil Patel's. They're Mm -hmm. short. It's my personality type, short, he teaches, and I just love that. And so I try to do that a lot with my emails. And I like that you kind of um, reinforce, oh, I'm going to take it as that, like permission to do what you like. Like You're saying like, this is what your mentors did early, and that's what you're doing. I mean, there's so many different ways to like, Mm -hmm. you know, skin the cat or whatever. Well, and that's one of my first emails is that I share in my nurture sequence is about like, because everyone... Everyone is like, can I do this? Can I include GIFs? And I'm like, every email of mine has a GIF. Like share your, you share your personality. Like there are so many people in the world. Like I would rather have you be completely yourself in your emails and people just walk away saying that's not my style. But the people who that is your style, like two things happen. You get to be in your zone and not pretending to be someone you're not. And they get to see the full real you. So I'm like, don't, don't worry about pretense. There's none of this like a house's own professional stuff. Like, no, 
just be yourself. Like I did a whole email that was <laughs> themed out with Mr. Rogers gifs. And actually might be this one that was like, you be you, like you are special just the way you are. Like, don't let anyone tell you that it has to be a certain way, or it has to be 150 words. Like people will come and go like, yeah, don't make it harder on yourself to share what you have to share by thinking you have to share it in a certain way. Like that's my soapbox is I'm like, you have all this valuable information, whether you have it on a blog or you have it in your head, or you've like, and like client work, like you have so much that will benefit someone else. Like it's unfair that the struggle behind email is what's keeping you from sharing it. Yeah. And so I'm like, don't let that happen. Let's break that down. <laughs> so important. And I've heard you talk about this too, but consistency in general with mm-hmm. email marketing, I feel like that's the number one. And I see my clients just struggle. Like they have every intention and then they struggle to write the sequence finally or send out the weekly email. And I'm like, why is that so hard? Like to me, it's like, you got to do it. Just do it. Yeah. Why do you think that is? I don't know. I think they struggle with what to write and probably everything we just talked about circling back to all of that, like what to write, feeling like they have to do it a certain way. And it's okay to be a little bit different or be shorter one week. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Something else I hear is people saying, well, my life's not that interesting. And I'm like, funny. Neither is mine. I live in Nebraska. My favorite hobby is walking. Like I don't lead a super interesting life either. Right. But like, that doesn't mean that other people won't find it interesting or helpful or encouraging. Right. Like, I think we think so much about like sending emails, like every email must make money. And it's like, no, you're just, you're being a human. Like you're sharing your wins. You're sharing your struggles. You're sharing what's worked for you. Yeah. The other, the big one is like, not knowing what to say. So like I have a whole blog post on this and I actually have a freebie. That's like a content calendar, like how I plan out what I do, but it's basically like pick like three to five themes around what you do. Just go through them over and over and over again and like plot out the next like four to six weeks. Like you don't have to plot out the year. Um, but like, what are questions people are asking? This is so interesting because people think, well, if I niche down, I'm really going to run out of things to talk about. And I'm like, no, you are not like the more you niche down, the more specific, like your emails might be, it might be a little bit more technical, which is my case. I'm like, Ooh, I got it. Like I wrote a whole freebie on like seven tags and segmentation things. And like they each have a video, they could each have four videos because there's different ways to do it. Like, and so I'm really able to offer more depth to my topic because I'm not trying to be like a life coach and a personal finance blogger and an email marketing. (laughs) Like, I mean, like, so my, my themes are the value of email marketing. So like kind of just providing arguments for why this works, whether it's, it could be data, it could be podcasts or who knows. Another one is technical. Another is content, email content. So giving people ideas, basically like how to yeah, structure their emails. And then I have sales. So like every now, like I have to put it on my schedule to make sure I'm also talking about the wins that I've had, right? Like that's not super easy, but like you got to build it in. Yeah. These are my two services. This is how you can work with me. And if you're interested, here's a link, right? Um, and then I have another one that like a couple times a year, I'll just share personal updates, but they're all still related to the work that I'm doing. Okay. So those are my themes, but yeah, I met with a gal a couple of weeks ago and it was just like, yeah, it's brainstorm, like all the different ways you can share content. Like I think of like my food blogger clients, you can just do a recipe feature. You can do a roundup of appetizers. You can do, um, I have one client that did like a weekly, a weekend menu. So she had like appetizer, entree, dessert, like there are so many different things you can do. Like, and you can include GIFs. You can do a whole roundup on the, uh, the tools that you need in the kitchen or recommended products or like one client also was like, okay, now that you've gotten this far, it's time to have fun in the kitchen. So like, here's a playlist, grab yourself. Like, here's a couple recipes for some fun drinks while you're meal prepping. Like there's just so many different ways that you can organize it. So it doesn't have to be this, like, like I said, super structured. Yeah. Thing. And it gets you excited. You're like, oh, there are different ways I can share. Yeah. And sometimes just talking it out, especially with someone like you, but talking it out with other people, you like, it just gets that, that wheel going and you'll get so many more ideas. So yeah. Yeah. And if you're already producing content or your clients are already producing weekly content that you can like pick that apart. Like there's so much there you so can much. go into. Yeah. And like, I even have my assistant. I'm like, if there's anywhere that you're like, Ali, you could make a video about this. I'm like, just tag me and I'll do it. And, and we repurpose everything that, so I write it as an email, knowing it's going to be a blog post because once a blogger, always a blogger. Yeah. Um, and so like, I'm thinking about like, 
uh, my SEO for headers, like in the headers that I'm writing for the emails. Like I'm just, I'm accomplishing so much in that one thing. And then my assistant adds it to Squarespace, but she'll add in links to previous things or add in affiliate links and just kind of link it all together. Good. Oh, I love that. I love how you brought in your assistant to do that because that is one of the things I like to teach starting with is helping take that written content and make it a blog and get that out there for that free traffic. Hey, let me just interrupt for a second and invite you to the How to Work on the Line Masterclass. I am teaching the five areas online business owners need to hire out right now. This is a free training. Just pick your day and time and attend and watch it when you get a chance. It's about an hour long. We're going to cover online business industry lingo, buzzwords, and the behind the scenes job positions you could be doing. We're also covering what you need to know to get hired online and stand out above the competition. Head over to emilyreaganpr.com, link is in the show notes, to sign up right now and get your learning on and you're going to gain clarity and have your eyes open to the remote work possibilities. I'll see you there. Once again, emilyreaganpr.com slash masterclass. All right, back to the show. Honestly, it's it was one of the harder things for me to like find in an assistant. Like, and it doesn't require a ton of training, but like as somebody who like lived and breathed it for a while, it's like, how do I teach you about like formatting and flow? And we can't have huge chunks of text and like, we need to add in more images. Like there's just so much that makes a really quality blog post and coming from the fact that like, I've based so much of what I do on other people who have blogs and websites, like uh, Lauren Hooker of Ellen Company. Uh-huh. I used to go to her website when I had a Squarespace question. Like that's where I went to look for the answer. Like her stuff was so valuable. And so I'm like, that is the bar and we are going to reach for it. But I've also had to like, you know, simmer down. Like I'm not a blogger and my clients don't come from SEO, but I also know the long-term goals yeah. of that. So like what a delightful skill to be like a content yeah. manager of sorts to make sure that everything's getting its getting its due, you know, everything's getting, you're so speaking my language because this is what I did (laughs) early on in my freelance career was helping a lot of bloggers. Yeah. It just like, it opened so many doors. So affiliate marketing, email marketing, like so much launching, it opened everything. And it started with having that awareness of what a blog can do. (laughs) (laughs) Seriously. Yeah. But, and I think maybe that's part of why nurture emails are fun for me. Cause I think of the different ways you can present content in a blog, content, yeah. you know, it's like a roundup of 15 things. What's it called? Like the Buzzfeed type thing, yeah. a listicle, you know, you've yeah. got your listicles, but like, think of how you can simplify that and put that in an email. Like, yeah. And the goal is still that they would click through to the website ideally. So like, you don't have to give away the whole farm, just share four and then yeah. say like Go the rest that. are on the site. Yeah. But I can definitely like, do better with that because I have a ton of content out there and we, we push the blog every week, but going back and thinking about, I love roundups. I love like top list, most yeah. downloaded episodes, like, you know, like, cause we don't, we forget to consume it in that moment. So there's no shame in repurposing mm-hmm. it. And the welcome sequence seems like the perfect place, the perfect place, or at least like following the, the welcome sequence straight into a nurture sequence. It's like, okay, so these are all the things that like, this was it. It's a housewarming gift. It's like, and this is for you. Like most of the people coming onto my site are like, they just have a lot of questions. So I'm like, here's a bundle of blog posts and podcast episodes just about actually writing your welcome sequence, or here's how to plan a welcome and nurture sequence. Yeah. And like, yeah. And so you're like just wrapping it up as a little present. But for the record, like when I first started writing my emails, I had no blog. I had just made my website. And so I didn't add anything to my blog content for like six months. But part of it is just getting in the practice of writing and developing your IP, right? Your intellectual property and getting the feel for things. Like, am I super proud of my first few emails that are still in my nurture sequence? I mean, they're like not my best work. I've become a better writer and I have better content, but like, it's still helpful for where it is right then, even if I would consider it like B plus work now, but don't discredit earlier you for what you did know and how that was still helpful for yeah. people. And like, I didn't have anything to link to. I didn't, wasn't on podcasts. Like I wasn't going to link to any of my personal finance stuff. Um, so it's all new. And so like my click-through rate is literally zero on some of those emails. Cause I didn't have anything to link to. Yeah. And that's okay. You got it done. You, I got you it know. done and it's out there and it's still helping people. And so. that's probably always on my to-do list to go back and fix things. And to be honest, I'm moving everything over to active campaign. Yeah. I have a meeting with them this afternoon. I'm like, yeah. 
do my migration. I started doing my quiz funnels, but I wanted to go through it. Like I enjoy that. It's just finding the chunks of time in my life Mm -hmm. right now. But um, knowing now, like I've added so much more, it kind of makes it fun. But you know what? I'm just going to have them move everything and eventually it'll get done. It's like on the list, but it's so much easier to comb through it for clients and like help them out and see like you could read the label when you're on the outside right and, and oh yeah enjoy that work a little bit more sometimes when it comes to getting that just help with their sequences well and that's where somebody like me comes in and I have a fresh lens I've looked at the research I know what people are looking for and I just like piece it all together like that's another one of my zones of genius I guess because I'm like my business coach was like you know that that's like hard for people right and I was like what um, <laughs> like it's ideas it's like and it's based on data so I'm not like just winging it like I'm looking at their Google Analytics and like I said their customer research and yeah. so but yeah like it is coming in and being like actually, here's a cohesive way of doing this, you know? And they're like, oh yeah, I never would have thought of that because they're so in the work and yeah. which is not a bad thing. It's like, it's, it would be hard for me to do that same thing, to zoom out in my own business, to figure out what everyone needs. Yeah. And sometimes somebody on the outside can s- just see the content better. Like they, mm-hmm. I don't know, they can find the better content. Yeah. A lot of the content, like, I feel like when you're inside of it, like it gets convoluted because you're like, and then this, and then this, and like, and then you lose that idea of like, no, this email can have just one focus. Like, yeah. so yeah, yeah. you're like, oh, I'm going to okay. throw it all at them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I have like a little bit guilty of that sometimes. Um, although, you know, generally speaking, you hear like one link, one call to action with some emails, yeah. there's always exceptions, you know, there can be some exceptions there, but okay. I have a big burning question for you. Yes. So welcome sequences. Okay. So a lot of what I see is like put, well, maybe these are more like a sales sequence, but sometimes there's like a mini offer at the end of them or like something, you know, some kind of small priced course or whatever, you know, the highest open rates and the highest clicks are generally that first email though. Right. Yeah. I mean, doesn't the data, I mean, doesn't it just go down from there? So how, how do you address that if you don't get to the thing you really want by email number five? Yeah. I mean, part of it is you're weaning people off who are not a good fit probably for that product. And that's fine. Um, so your actual like conversion rate will probably still be decent. Part of it is knowing not everyone on your list is going to be a good fit for that product. Like that's something that I just like to preach over and again with sales. Like you are not that desperate. Like you do not need everyone's money. Like take it easy. Um, like, you know, and part of it, it's like, that's us reducing our expectations to something reasonable. So yeah. you're not going to have a 50% conversion rate. Like just shut that down right now. Like you might have a 3% conversion rate and we're going to call it a win. I've done that for a client before early in my career and it didn't really perform super well. I think that there still needs to be some, some of that no like, and trust. So what you can do instead is like soft pitch it, soft mention it in your welcome sequence, like mention your group program mention whatnot, or like have them join the wait list for something and then do like a proper pitch email, like email four or five. So then you're like, you're really presenting it. And like, think about it this way, like that's still going to be your low hanging fruit, right? Like those, that might not be everyone, but you also miss the opportunity. (laughs) Was it you miss a hundred percent of the shots you don't take? Um, (laughs) I could hear it and I had to say it, Dwight Schrute. So (laughs) um, yeah, but like, if you don't at least like try and hit the low hanging fruit, like you're missing out on an opportunity where they could convert sooner than later. Okay. That's good. And then like one of the rule of thumb is like three value add emails for every pitch email, sales email. Oh, that's good. I don't know if I had heard that, but that makes sense. I like, I just, I like your general advice about managing expectations, right? And what is the number we hear for email lists? Is it like 2% for conversion? Like, like what, what do you tell your clients when it comes to that number? They don't ask. Cause like <laughs> but part of it is like that. They know that that's not necessarily the purpose of the welcome and nurture sequence to convert those sales. Okay. Like I have clients who like, they know that most of their sales come from their podcast, like most of their leads. Okay. And so it's like the email, like I said, that's integrated marketing campaign is supporting that, that same vision along with social media and the podcast and whatnot. But like a launch, like three and a half percent from the top of the funnel is like considered really good. So, you know, I want to say that's like to the whole list, the people who attend the webinar who convert like, you know, to the very end. So yeah, like you can measure that a lot of different ways. I will say like, there's a, there's an opportunity for priming 
in your nurture sequence. So if you know that you're going to pitch them again on this product, what are the three emails that you need to send that keeps them thinking about it, like keeps it on topic and kind of knocks down those dominoes leading up to that pitch email. And so this is like the this is the easy way of doing sales. It's just like, I'm going to throw out an email. Like this is not a launch. This is not really a funnel, but you can kind of make it a little funnel-esque, right? Like, you know, three myths people have about graphic design, you know, and then you're like, and actually I have a graphic design course and here's what people have said about it. And it's $47. Like, and so, and you can always include like, you can always do like deadline funnel or there's an app called finale. I've just heard about it's like $39 a year, Emily. I was like, what? Because deadline funnel is not. Oh my god! I just paid for deadline funnel. (laughs) I'm so sorry. So sorry. Nine hundred dollars. I think I want to say might be more for the year. For a year, yeah. I mean, it is a snazzy app, and they got in there. They met a need. So props to the people behind deadline funnel. Uh, I feel like I should know his name, but yeah, like you can always offer like a limited time discount. So finale is basically like it's your existing page, but it adds, like it changes like a few different things. So it's like, you don't have to duplicate your page or anything. Oh, that's Um, nice. Yeah. And then like, you can always use like a, a tripwire. So after the opt-in, and so instead of having it necessarily be your first email, it could be what the page redirects to with a limited time offer. And then they'll get your welcome emails and they'll hear about it again. Yeah. Oh, I love that. You can always exclude them from those emails too, if they've purchased. Yeah. Don't just send unnecessary noise to people who don't need it. And that's what our business owner clients are depending on us to do is uh, remember to exclude the right audiences when we're in there handling their ESPs. Yes. Exclusion audience. They're so easily overlooked. So I like Mm -hmm. to pop that all out in the email. Like I'll get the email Mm -hmm. from the client and be like, like really take that time to write down on paper. Who are we excluding? Can we talk a little bit about segmentation? Because yes. I just was setting up one of my emails in active campaign for my evergreen funnel. And yeah. I'm like, for those of you who don't know, you can ask people to click on things and then tag them based on their needs or pain points, where they are in their journey. Mm-hmm. Um, so do you have any uh, advice for this? Like, obviously, my people know about quiz funnels and like segmenting from that. But what about mm-hmm. segmenting from within a welcome sequence? Yeah. So there are a couple different things. I think the one that we think of most often is like, if you can segment based on traits related to the products that you offer. So if it's like, are you a beginner or are you advanced? And say, you can line that up then with a sales sequence specifically for beginners and specifically for advanced people, right? Like if you can do that, that's awesome. So part of it is thinking about what's the end goal. The one that is lesser talked about, maybe never talked about is just like data collection like data gathering from your audience. So that's what mine is. I don't have products to sell (laughs) other than my services. And so like, I'm just asking people like, what industry are you in? And it just adds a little tag. Yeah. So now I know. So I know that like a certain, like what percentage of my list are bloggers or fellow copywriters who are just creeping on my emails. Here for it. Um, (laughs) (laughs) That happens. You're you're in that that realm. (laughs) Um, It's really funny. It happens like, in the first like month of having an email list, I was like, oh yeah, I don't know if now's the time to be creeping. There's, I'm still learning, uh, <laughs> putting stuff out, but thank you for being here. Like, it's funny. That always makes you sound like a bigger deal than you are. You're like, you have no idea. Yes. <laughs> I wrote that in my sweatpants. Yeah. So there's just those different types, but yeah, like you said, like skill level or place in the journey. So like advanced and part of it is like, who can we, well, let's see. So I have another client, she has her nurture sequence and the nurture sequence. So she has a beauty blog. So like we have like a, like a little four week thing on home, another one on makeup, another one on skincare. Right. But then we ask people in the welcome sequence if they're going gray, cause she has a whole series about like how to go gray. So like, that's all we did was we just segmented. Like, if you also want this information, click here. And we just sent them through those two emails before they go get all the other ones. Okay. So do you pause that welcome series and send them through there? Or is this like a, it's towards the end of the welcome sequence that we okay. even segment them. Um, and okay. then there's a reminder email. Okay. Here's what I do for reminder emails. Are you ready? Okay. So I still make it a really valuable email. And then I use conditional content to ask them to self-segment if they haven't yet. So everyone gets that email. It's still super valuable, but the call to action is only for those people who haven't segmented yet. So the people who have segmented and like we've gotten their click. So it kind of buys us time to get more people to okay. click in those emails before we send them off into that going grace sequence. Oh, okay. 
to squeeze in another email for the the slow mm-hmm. people. Yep. Like a couple of days later. Okay. Um, and so otherwise, like you can also just skip that email and have them go straight to going gray. Yeah. You can just like bypass the rest of it. That's also an option. Um, but there's usually so much to communicate in a welcome sequence because there's a reason why it goes like four or five emails because there's important stuff to share. So another one would be, let's see, um, I had a client who's a teacher. So it's like, what grades do you teach? Okay. Um, like third, fourth, or fifth. And we have different products for that. And and actually her products were for third through fifth graders. And it was specifically what subject do you teach? Reading or math. However, they're all elementary school teachers and they all teach both. So while we segmented them, here's what we did is we actually put the people who said reading got the reading sequence funnel first. And then we just put dropped them into the math one too. Because okay. why not? Yeah. But we're giving them what they want first, first, and then because that way you're maximizing all of that. Co- like, because right, three of those emails are just free content links to the blog. And then we have one pitch email about her bundle. Okay. For sale. And so, then you went into the math one. Oh, I, I love talking about this with you. Yeah, that's what I do. <laughs> what? Okay. Are you actually, what kind of work are you actually doing? Are you doing anything in the ESP? Are yeah. You, you are? Oh. Yeah. I like. like- do it all. <laughs> ah, I love this about you. Most copywriters yeah. are me. I mean, are like, I don't do that. I only know you get in there and like help with those. Yeah. It's like completely done for you. Yeah. So oh, I love it. Yeah. And I, cause that's actually how I, like, when I started email, it was just email setup or it was just strategy, which like, LOL, I knew nothing was, but like I did, like I knew how to organize yeah. content, but I didn't know yeah. anything about sales strategy. Um, and then it took me until a year ago, like literally like just before TCC IRL last year, this copywriter conference, did I start calling myself a copywriter? Okay. Like it took me up until two and a half years in business because oh like gosh. I, because if you think about it, like my backgrounds in advertising and marketing, like I'm a marketer who can communicate, but I was never like, I'm a creative soul and I know how to write and I'm going to like convince everyone with my words. It's like, no, we have information to convey. <laughs> and it sounds really cool, but like if you read my emails, I'm conveying information, but with a lot of personality too. Far more personality than any of my clients require. Um, <laughs> they are much more chill than me. They're like cutting it out. And I'm like, no gifs here? Okay. Who <laughs> are the shot? Um, I was like, I wanted to sound like you. It doesn't have to sound like me. So I do an audit. That's like when I first come in and I will just evaluate and I'll provide like recommended sequences and changes to their existing automations. Like literally like this email has too many calls to action. Like pick one, write the other two in their own emails. Like I'm just giving them like step-by-step. I'm also looking at like their tags and segmentation and their audiences and yeah, click-through rates and all that. I always say every product of the process is my favorite, but I really love the audits because it's just investigating. Like I had to go in and figure out what's working. And then my full done for you service, I do audience research, which is usually surveys because my audiences are so big. Otherwise I'll do interviews. Like we're talking like 20,000 blog subscribers. You're like, I think we'll get enough answers. Yeah. We'll get there. And I have a research assistant who just like, I don't know, it condenses all that into my document. Like okay. for these different pillars that I need. So, and let me tell you, she works for me maybe, maybe four hours a month, but like, I don't know if I could run my business without her. So just yeah. like, don't discount your skills guys. Like yeah. I'd had a whole team meeting. I was like, Chrissy does like two to four hours a month. And then Liz is like eight hours a week, but like, I need you all. Yes. <laughs> and I need you all to be happy um, and stay with me forever. So, and then I present that to the research, to the client, I provide a preliminary strategy. We hone that in, nail that down. And then um, then we move into copywriting. And then once it's all finalized and I have all the links, we add it all into the ESP. Oh my gosh. I love that you do that all because like I said, so many people limit their services, but I know the clients, they need that extra step. They need that, just get it for me. And they can do the weekly emails most of the time. Sometimes they hire you know me on to yeah. help with that, but so cool. So I have yeah, to and- ask. Yeah. What's your favorite email service provider? ConvertKit. Yeah. Yeah. Cause like, that's who I used when I started my blog. Get this. Okay. I had with, cause we didn't have anything. It was MailChimp and I've been anti-MailChimp from day zero. Yes. <laughs> I don't know who my audience is, but I said it. Yeah. <laughs> no, they hear that from me. They're hearing, they get the same messaging from me. Not a fan. 
but yeah, we didn't even have like mail or light or anything back then. So I was paying $29 a month as a hobby blogger, making no money because I knew that's how important the welcome and nurture sequence was. So convert kit, I was early in with them. Melissa Griffin was an affiliate for them. And she was one of the people that I listened to most okay. um, when I started otherwise active campaign. Like okay. those, those are the two. Yeah. That it, yeah. And like, they both have functionality that the other one doesn't. Yeah. I, and I have this on a blog post somewhere, but it's like, I just can't wait for pages to load. Like I do not have the patience for this. Like to, cause I like can convert kit. You literally click and you're on another email. Click, 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 click. Like you don't yeah. have to like save and close and go here and click here and open here and click. I was like, mm, mm, yes. I do not have the time. <laughs> like I don't have the patience. And so I know myself. So right. I didn't think about that. But yeah. yeah. That load time. No I offense do. to active campaign. Cause they have some really awesome, like their automations are slick. I'm, ho- I'm hoping it can be, I'm hoping it can be everything I dreamed of. So I'll let you know how my meeting goes with them today. Okay. I'm like, there's so much I don't know, but I hadn't even worked with active campaign until this year with a couple clients. So I know there's a lot. I don't know that it can be more robust. Where were you before? Or where are you currently? Um, I'm, I'm like, you. Yeah, I've worked with clients and all over. I send a lot of my baby new business owners to Miller light just because it is free. And I, mm-hmm. I think it's pretty and easy. It has the flows that we need. But um, I was using Kajabi mm-hmm. and watching my email rates like just tank for the last six months. It's, Why? It's having deliverability issues. They sent out an email in February. I'm like, I knew it. I could see. I can see. I can look at the data and I can see. Yeah. So uh, it's finally happening. But I'm excited because active campaign, there's a lot we can do and setting up this evergreen funnel automation and like mm-hmm. you can put in your mm-hmm. goals and like, oh my mm-hmm. gosh. And they're going to give me three advanced trainings. Uh, so I'm like going to nerd out. But and then, like, I've been on one of those like calls with them and I accomplished so much in 30 minutes because their people are total whizzes. They're so yeah. good. Yeah. 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 And the reporting from active campaign, I would say yeah. Trump's ConvertKit. ConvertKit very it frustrates me so much when you're just mm-hmm. trying to track your basic monthly data, like your stats. It's not easy, but I do. I love, like, I'm good with ConvertKit. Like, I'm good. Yeah. I almost went there just because I knew it was familiar. And yeah. And then I would say Mailer Light has really great reporting. Yeah. They're a little clunky and you have to wait a long time for pages to load. So, also, yeah. but like, I also tell people, so there's also a free version of ConvertKit that doesn't include automations, but you can send broadcasts up to a thousand subscribers, totally free. And so I will often tell people, cause I started with MailerLite and then moved to ConvertKit when I was ready to pay. Cause that free version wasn't available. Uh-huh. You're still a new business owner. And, and I still stand by this. There's a season where you're just developing your IP. So if you're just, I'm sending broadcasts to four people, doesn't matter. Like, and then when you yeah. move into the paid version, you have 15 emails. You just turn into a nurture sequence. Like those emails didn't suck six months. Like they might not have been great six months ago, but they are still going to be helpful to these people, you know, now that you're switching platforms. So I'm like, if you just want to use a free version of ConvertKit and you might not have a welcome sequence, but there's a lot of like, there it's sequential. Like not everyone gets started with email and is like, I have a welcome sequence and a nurture funnel. And like, I have all this, like there's a season for just sending an RSS feed. Like at least your information is being shared. It might not be ideal for what you want. You might not have any like resources to link to in a welcome sequence. Like Go through my welcome sequence. You'll see, I lay link to nothing other than my link triggers. That's it. Yeah. Like, and that's fine. You know, and now I have a bunch more and I could definitely like add them in, but they're also in my nurture content. Yeah. Okay. So I'll get them eventually. <laughs> that's good advice. Cause it, I mean, it is painful starting new from zero. And a lot of the freelancers here, you guys know that you should be doing this for your own business on top of it. So uh, just take that advice and run with it. Okay. I want to talk to everyone about your freebie you have about tagging and segmenting. And you can find that. I put the link in the description, but tell everyone what that is. And I am excited to go nerd out on that and go check it out. Please do. It was, it's a labor of love. You'll see when you get in there, but it's, um, yeah, seven different strategies for tags and segmentation, like muting people from a campaign who don't want to hear from that, but they want to stay on your list or segmentation, so yeah, you'll have to check it out. There's videos in there too. I am not kidding when I say I will probably be putting a price tag on that later this year. Oh, so like, go save you it. Should. I get, go save it. I see questions about this all the time in all the big wig groups. So yeah. um, I know how I, I get a lot of experience of seeing how other people do it and like kind mm-hmm. of had made my own. So I'm, re- I'm really curious, like what, what you like, but I love to tag people when they finish the sequence, when they're active in a sequence, like I can go crazy. Yeah. Um, this list originally started with like 10 
at least 10 ways of tagging. So I had to like trim it down and be like, and like I said, like every point I could have had another video for it. And it's all like, I show you, like, I have a lot of dummy stuff set up in my own convert kit. (laughs) My assistant's like, what is this? I was like, that's when that tutorial I did. Um, so I like, I've created everything and just walk you through it. So hopefully if you're a visual person at all, Yay! <laughs> Enjoy. Oh, all of you, if you're helping with your clients with email marketing, definitely check that out. I have like a little Google doc where I'm trying to just be more standardized about everything. Like we'll call it my SOP, there you go. like just getting really organized about my tagging. Because when I started, it was kind of just like a hell Mary. And mm-hmm. then now I'm like, okay, I, I want things to show up alphabetical and in order and <laughs> like in yeah. the group. And I'm like, wow, I started off so messy and I didn't know what I didn't know. Yeah. There's a word for that nomenclature, right? So like start with a product and a colon and then explain it. So that way all the product tags are related and you can do it with your forms, your sequences and your automations all need to kind of maintain the same nomenclature. I'm just going to say it because it's going to drive me nuts if I don't. So like your forms, instead of just saying blog header, what is it delivering? (laughs) Like give your form the name of what it is that you're delivering. (laughs) Otherwise I'm like, I don't know what this Genesis opt-in is. Like I then you have to go in and figure out and it's integrated to the website and so you have to go into WordPress and you're like, have mercy, call yeah. it what it is. So, yeah. but then like, if you have that same freebie in multiple places, just put that in brackets at the end. So, yeah. you know, like this one's in the footer. This is the sidebar. This is the. Uh, I love that. Whatever, so. Kajabi makes it easy because it makes you name it. Yeah. So, but I forgot, as you said that, I'm like, oh, the Clareform, like all of those, like, oh yeah, default names and <laughs> that you, you forget to change because you're just so excited you linked everything and then you're like clicking around, which was yeah. And then like that makes it that much easier, right? To go in and look at like, okay, so I have this form or this freebie form in four different places. Which ones are getting the most conversions? Like yeah. for me, it's my landing pages. I'm like, why do I even have in blog forms? They don't. They, they do don't, nothing yeah. for me. So. But yeah, you wouldn't know that information unless you have it yeah. really clearly laid out. And I'm also like the queen of just duplicating things. So if I know which one's the right style, <laughs> yep, I, I, I have I, those too. Yeah, I have it. Have it very clear. Well, thank you, Allie, so much. <laughs> of course, so fun. I feel like I could just keep chatting with you about all of this stuff. And I <laughs> like had a little pleasant surprise there, knowing that you do some of the like integration and the. Mm-hmm. I'm going to call it what? What do we call that? It needs a, a, a better name. I, I call it ESP setup. I used to call it implementation setup. Um, There's different words for it, but yeah, like it's just, it's such a holistic thing. And because I care so much about the subscribers having a good experience that it's like, I want to make sure that like getting done well. Yes. (laughs) And sometimes having one person who has the vision and can do the implementation is key, but I will tell you all, I got a lot of my clients early on by setting up their opt-ins and doing the work in MailChimp uh, and other places, but that's what they needed help with. They did not know how to do it. So take this training, watch your free training before she puts a price on it. <laughs> and yeah. you can like jump in with these kind of services too, for those solopreneur business owners who need your help. So thanks, Ellie. Absolutely. Thank you. Yeah. And everyone go find her on Instagram and you're here. I'll make sure you're in the Facebook group. So if you guys have questions, cause you're watching the replay, check her out. You can just tag her and she'll find your comment later. Awesome. Thanks, everyone. All right. Bye. Bye. All right. Wasn't she amazing? I just love it. I love how she talks about other copywriters creeping on her. Like, there's so many funny little things in this episode. Again, one of my most favorite episodes yet because she shared content and she does a lot of what I try to do with my own email list. Share content, help people move forward, start to trust me. I mean, that's what it's all about, right? So check out her two freebies. She has seven ways to use tags strategically. She also has help writing your first welcome sequence. And then her other freebie is an Airtable template that will help you come up with content ideas because so much of what we do behind the scenes is keeping our clients on task and showing up weekly in their inbox. All right, we have some more great episodes coming your way. We're talking about goal setting. We're talking about freelancer processes everybody should have. We're talking about SEO and repurposing video in the next whole month of podcasts. So stick with me, even if you're on summer mode, even if you're back to school, we have some great episodes coming. I'd love a review. I'd love to hear from you what you're enjoying. Your feedback helps me so much and it helps me 
want to continue the podcast. I won't lie. It's not fun broadcasting to a dark hole. So when I get these comments in my DMs, when I see the reviews, thank you, thank you from the bottom of my heart. All right, I'll see you next week. If you're ready to learn the digital marketing and social media skills that will get you hired online, head over to vacrashcourse.com where you can learn about my five-week program, the Digital Media VA Crash Course. Small business owners and solopreneurs want to hire someone who gets it and who can help them implement just about everything. They're looking for a magical assistant who does it all. With my comprehensive training, you can get your foot in the door and become the unicorn. Check out vacrashcourse.com. It feels good to have a little bit more space and I am ready for the school year to get going. Okay. I hate all of that. Don't do any of that. Oh, I put sequences in there twice. (laughs) Whoops. We're going to be talking about sequences and sequences. And more sequences. (laughs) I like your earrings. Thank you. (gasps) Those are delightful. I have some green tassel, tassel ones.